Hello and welcome to this week's Mooney on Politics podcast, which has been recorded on Tuesday the 14th of June. And this week's podcast is based on a column which, for the first time in a long number of years, hasn't appeared on Broadsheet. Because, unfortunately, Broadsheet.ie is no longer. It basically closed up last weekend and I think it's going to be greatly missed. Um, I think almost all, if I'm not incorrect, almost all the podcasts I've done so far had originally appeared on Broadsheet. And so I find myself, for the first time in six years, writing an opinion piece which isn't going to appear there. Now, over the years, I've written for a long number of journals and magazines. And Broadsheet was kind of unique, not only because it was online and they were in print, because I think it offered me a platform to reach a different audience than the one I'd been traditionally writing for, an audience that might not instinctively identify with my more moderate brand of politics. And to judge from the comments on my farewell piece on Broadsheet last Saturday, I think that might have worked with, a lot of, with the, kind of the broad tenor of the comments being, well, well I don't often agree with you. I enjoyed hearing your point of view and reading your analysis. So I'm deeply sorry that Broadsheet is gone. I'll certainly miss its eclectic assortment of quirky and whimsical stories of cat pigs and doggy pigs of news items, and most importantly, the first sight of the following day's front pages. I think we'll all be the poorer for its demise. It served its readers and its contributors well. So I want to express my thanks to John Ryan, the editor, who I've known for many, many years from the time we were from our days back in, in Dublin and McGill, and to the entire team behind Broadsheet. I wish them well for the future. Sorry, by the way, just to let you know, I'm a little bit out of sorts this week. Nothing particularly wrong. It's just I was travelling last week and whatever I did, I managed to irritate an old back injury. So I've been kind of on the flash my back or fairly immobile for the last two to three days. Um, and for some reason, that's kind of finding its well straight to my voice for some bizarre reason. Now, of course, the fact that I don't have the broadsheet platform to rant from doesn't mean that I won't be selling to offer my weekly analysis because the podcast audience is solid. And indeed, I have to say, there's kind of less than about four or five thousand subscriptions on my website uh, for the articles when they appear there. So uh, we'll, we'll be intent to press on and see can we build this audience even further. So here's this first piece, which is non-broadsheet. Because it's exactly two years ago, on June the 15th, 2020, that I wrote a column entitled Better Never Than Late. And in that, I posited, or I put forward, what I thought then were three absolute truths for Fianna Fáil. These were truths that highlighted how misguided the leadership strategy had been in putting Fine Gael back in government while ignoring the fact that Fianna Fáil had both options and leverage at the time. Now, I've revisited those three truths in a couple of times in both late 2020 and early 2021, but I've never revisited them on here in the podcast, and I certainly haven't revisited them in an article over the last, certainly maybe probably 12 months or so. Now, let me go back and say what those three truths were. So truth number one was Fianna Fáil TDs do not want a second election. Truth number two was almost no government can be formed without Fianna Fáil involvement. And truth number three was Michal Martin has fought his last election as Fianna Fáil party leader. So let's look at those in the light of what's happened over the past two years and see if they hold equally true today. So let's take them in turn. First one, the fact that Fianna Fáil TDs do not want a second election. Well, of course, that has changed, but only in the sense that they don't want the next general election to come before, it, to come before it's absolutely necessary. Back in late 2020, the possibility of a second election was, was, was distinctly real. And back in June 2020, the fear of a snap second election was a very powerful impetus in driving Fianna Fáil representatives, 
with a very few honourable exceptions, most notably John Lahart and Eamon O'Keefe within the Parliamentary Party, to back a deal with the Greens and with, with Fine Gael. Now the fear was not without substance, because the polls taken in June 2020 by the Irish Times and Red Sea each had Fianna Fáil on a miserly 13%. Now, if you take maybe if you if you look back over the most recent eight opinion polls, so that we're taking from today backwards and taking the last eight opinion polls, they show Fianna Fáil on eighteen percent average stroke mean, but only sixteen point five percent median. So a Fianna Fáil TD's prospects for survival today is only marginally higher than it was two years ago, and it's only fair to point out that this truth applies to very many other TDs across the Dáil. This isn't just unique to Fianna Fáil. It certainly applies within Fine Gael and particularly within the Greens. So broadly speaking, I think this truth still holds true, though it probably should be amended to Fianna Fáil TDs do not want an election before 2025. By the way, I think that's a forlorn hope. I think the next 9, 12 months, even the next 6 months, are going to be full of packed with events, which I'll talk about later, which could easily trip this government off and send some backbench TDs possibly from the Greens, but maybe either from other parties, scurrying to the opposition lobbies on certain key votes. So let's turn to truth number two, that almost no government can be formed without Fianna Fáil involvement. This is far more time-related, and this was probably true, sorry, this was definitely true in 2020, in the absence of a second election, because this truth only holds true if there's no election and the dollar numbers remain, the doll numbers remain the same. If there is an election, then it then this becomes an outside possibility at the very best. So if Fianna Fáil were to, rec- were to get, we say, 16 to 18% of the next election, then it might hope to win 30 seats. But that's in an increased stall of 176 seats. That's allowing that there will be 10 extra seats due to the increase in population. Could be 11, could be 12. I've seen speculation all over the place. Looking at the various options around that. Now, while this might seem acceptable to some sitting TDs, it comes with a massive assumption, namely that the Fianna Fáil party does not experience a repeat of 2011 when it suffered a major seat penalty, i.e. though it won 17.4% of the first preference vote in 2011, it only got 12% of the seats. So it's the exact opposite of a seat bonus, which Fianna Fáil and bigger parties traditionally get. So were this to happen, you could see at least a dozen Fianna Fáil TDs bite the dust with the party's representation slashed down to maybe 22 or 23 seats. Now that's in an increased doll. So even if everything to go were to go its way, the very best that Fianna Fáil can hope for on the basis of its current polling trajectory is to secure the second worst electoral performance ever. And as I discussed back in March 2020, for Fianna Fáil, this is like 2011 all over again, only worse. But I'll just diverge for a second here. Every, every so often I find myself referring to pieces I wrote two years ago before I started doing the podcasts. So it has occurred to me that I might actually do a couple of special podcasts over the next few weeks featuring archived pieces from 2020 and 2021 because I'd probably no harm to have these up on, online as well. So I don't think Truth 2 applies any longer. You can have a government formed without Fianna Fáil involvement. Now there's a lot of speculation over whether after an election that Sinn Féin could go in with a much weakened Fianna Fáil. I don't know. That depends on who the leaders are, depends who the TDs are. It's not something I would discount or rule out completely, but I don't think it's highly likely. But now for the key one, truth number three. 
namely that Michal Martin has fought his last election as party leader. Now, back in June 2020, I said that whether the next election was going to be in three months, two years or four and a half years, Martin's last race as leader had been run. Clearly, those timelines have changed, but I still think the underlying premise is correct and is true. Though I know that many senior Fianna Fáil figures outside of the leadership circle now doubt that. But I, I still hold the belief that his last race is wrong. I think the only uncertainty now is about the manner and timing of his departure. Will he go quietly at the last minute just before the election, either to take on a role in the EU or to prepare his challenge for the Oris, as has been speculated about by some of his most adoring colleagues? Or will he be pushed out? And while all the signs now point strongly to the former, I'm still on the fence about this one. I think he could still be brought down, and I think it could happen within the next year or so. Because the notion that party leaders, particularly Fianna Fáil party leaders, get to pick the precise time of their departure and the manner in which they leave office unaided is historically inaccurate. Look at Jack Lynch, Charlie Hawhey, Albert Reynolds, Bertie Hearn, Brian Cowan. All left, all surrendered the leadership under various forms of pressure and at timings that were not of their choosing alone. So is Michal Martin such an exceptional leader? Is he such an exception in the pantheon of Fianna Fáil leaders that he's the master of his own departure? Now, from where I'm standing, he isn't. Now, while he does have the benefit, which one of his predecessors had, of heading up a more depleted and quiescent party, that's more a failing, not an achievement. And it's a failing which by itself should warrant a speedy end to his leadership. But what has all this quiescence gained for his party? Now, about a year or so ago, the leader's most loyal devotees were blaming the party's poor poll ratings on the many criticisms of the leader that were emanating from within the parliamentary party. All this disharmony and unity, they argued, was hurting the party in the polls and stopping the massive recovery and fortunes that the dear leader had planned for them. So, for a whole range of reasons, the public criticism stopped about eight, nine, ten months ago, sometime after the cabin meeting in Fairless. Those who had previously relayed stories of dissatisfaction to journalists in named and unnamed briefings stopped. The critics of Michal Martin within the party went silent. Quiet. There was nothing. And guess what happened? Lo and behold, the median and averages of Fianna Fáil's poll ratings stayed exactly where they were in the high teens. There was no surge. There was no sustained bounce in the polls. So if you take the eight polls conducted a year ago, before the PAX backbenchia, you get a mean of 17.3% and a median of 17.5%. Almost exactly where it stands today when you compare with the last eight. It's a bit like Orson Welles' famous observation, made as Harry Lyme in The Third Man. Initially, for 30 years under the Borges, they had warfare, terror, murder and bloodshed. But they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci and the Renaissance. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love and 500 years of peace and democracy. And what did that produce? The cuckoo clock. End quote. Michal Martin's cuckoo clock has seen him bring Fianna Fáil from 17.3% in 2011 to 27% in the 2019 local elections and all the way back down to the 17-18% that they're at today in the polls. I reckon he probably will see out his term as Taoiseach safely without a challenge or a heave. But after that, I think all the bets are off. Because not even his grace's admirer sincerely believes that he can become Taoiseach again. The very best that Michal Martin himself can hope for is to lead the party into its second worst result ever if he stays on as leader. 
a result which would surely see his leadership brought to a very, very speedy end, and probably a fairly brutal end, as soon as the final seat count at the next general election is known. So the next few months are going to be trying for Martin. The uncertainty over the Thornish's future and the fallout of whatever decision is made by the DPP will not make life easier. Inflation and the cost of living pressures will make the coming round of public pay talks extremely fraught, a prospect not aided by the likelihood of change of leaderships in the departments of Taoiseach and potentially in finance or public expenditure if those ministers want to rotate around. And of course, will the Green Party be able to keep all its backbenchers on side for the tough decisions ahead? Will Green TDs who see their seats under direct threat from Sinn Féin be happy to cross public sector picket lines and vote in the government lobbies? Now add to all of this the political uncertainty in the North and the deepening distrust and tensions between Dublin and London as the spotlight on Dublin's future plans on North-South and East-West relations become increasingly focused on what the current Foreign Minister and incoming Taoiseach think rather than Michal Martin. This is partly an outworking of Michal Martin's 2020 choice of departments, which means that Fianna Fáil will have no day-to-day operational input into Northern Ireland policy post-December 15th. So, in my view, through three still holds. And of the three truths, the ones that I posited two years ago, it's probably the one that matters most. I'm not predicting a heave, I'm not predicting a downfall anytime soon. But I genuinely believe that Michal Martin doesn't get his whole, get the way through to the next general election. And indeed, I would have question marks whether this government can make its way the whole way through 2023. A lot of Fianna councillors are hoping that there's a general election before there's a local election because they're hoping that the public will get its anger and ire out in the, lo- in the general election and maybe give them a chance of holding on because Fianna Fáil over the last couple of years has been doing better in local elections than it has in general elections. So it could allow for more councillors to hold their seats. I wouldn't be betting one way or the other which will happen first. But I personally think that in, in either case, it's going to be, at the very best, the second worst result the party's ever had. And that must make Fianna Fáil backbenchers, particularly TDs, but also senators, start to wake up and think. Anyway, that's my first non-broadsheet Mooney on Politics podcast. Uh, I'll be back to you next week and I'm going to try and keep to an early time slot, try and get it done by in the first half of the week. So thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye.